RPG episode 21. My name is Dave Hunt, and I'm joined by Michael Swick. I am live from my living room. Quarantine. <laughs> Hopefully soon. Ho- almost. Quarantine. How's it going over there, Dave? Uh, it's going all right. So we were talking a little bit before we started recording, uh, just with the stuff that's going on with the coronavirus. Um, first off, I just want to make sure, hope everyone stays safe. And like you've been hearing, wash your hands, limit your social interactions. But um, it was important to Michael and myself that we try to, you know, give you guys something to do because we know that eventually you might need some form of entertainment because you're going to run out of stuff. Yeah, you're going to definitely need something to do uh, while you're working from home or trying to work from home uh, for a lot of you. Uh, Or if you're at work and no one's coming in to your job because no one wants to leave their homes. Yeah. You're going to need something, so hopefully we can be that entertainment for yeah. you, at yeah. least for a little while. Yeah, so as of now, unless something crazy happens to Michael or myself, um, the plan is to continue with our content schedule as planned. Uh, you just actually might just see more, because if we're home, we might have some additional time. If if we end up doing reduced hours or anything like that, you might see just some extra streams. And if they're there, pop in, hang out, have a conversation with us, uh, twitch.tv slash digitaldaysgaming. It's also where this uh, podcast is live streamed uh, every Sunday night or Monday night, uh, one, at least you know one of those nights typically, and then we release the show uh, to Patreon early access on Wednesday morning, uh, six a.m. Eastern, and to everyone on Thursday morning at six a.m. Eastern. So you can go to digitaldaysgaming.com and you can subscribe to the show that way, or use any of the podcast services that are available. There's only like two that we're not on, so um, if your service allows you to leave a review, we would appreciate that as well as uh, sharing the show on any kind of social media at, or telling a friend and uh, maybe you know send some suggestions to your other friends that are looking for things to do because they're stuck at home. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so maybe we can fill an hour and a half of their, uh, of their life and get a new, get a new subscription. Um, but it is going to be a different, little bit of a different show just because it's a pretty light news week because everybody is working from home. Because <laughs> especially yeah. these companies, like a, I've, I, you know, like a lot of companies have gone remote and they send a lot of people home. And the West Coast is where a lot of game developers are, and the West Coast is getting hit pretty hard right now. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, let's just uh, jump right into it though. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about E three twenty twenty and how it's going to be. A weird show as publishers and developers leave the show and the creative director left last week. This last week we were talking about how I am 8-Bit was no longer going to be the creative director. And we were wondering like, oh, this isn't good for E3. And I, we talked about like, what if they have to cancel it because of the coronavirus? And then two days after we recorded last week, they canceled E3 because of coronavirus. <laughs> so the ESA... Uh, released a statement, uh, I believe it was Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, after careful consultation with our member companies regarding the health and safety of everyone in our industry, our fans, our employees, our exhibitors, and our long-time E3 partners, we have made the difficult decision to cancel E3 2020, scheduled for June 9th to the 11th in Los Angeles. The To coordinate, uh, they, they plan to, in its placement coordinate an online experience to showcase the industry announcements and news in June 2020. But yeah, uh, this is going to be the first year in 25 years that there will not be an E3. And it's because of the, the coronavirus and the nation, specifically the U.S. right now, who's starting to get that influx, that wave of coronavirus cases, trying to kind of flatten the the curve 
and prevent outbreaks by getting rid of these, you know, groups, the large gatherings where the virus could spread uh, considerably. And even though E3 is in June, they've said before, a lot of people are now working from home. So these teams that would probably put E3 together, they're no longer in their offices. They're working from home. It's probably really hard to coordinate an event in short, short amount of time. And there's a lot of unknown. We don't know exactly how the coronavirus in the United States is going to be in three months time and putting the time and resources into E3 on like not knowing what's going to happen in three months just made it difficult for them to put the show on. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they, these companies have to build these booths um, and start constructing these things. And it's just, I was even thinking more about that. Like it doesn't ha- I mean, it, 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 the convention itself happens very quickly. I think they get like the week before or the week, at, the two weeks before to set it up. I don't really know if there's something was scheduled in the LA convention center sooner off the top of my head, but like it can't, they can't build those things in two or three days. Like those take about five or six days to get fully assembled and all the mm-hmm. wiring and, and all the, the graphics hung. And, and so, and that also takes planning and building prior to it being, they essentially build it and disassemble it and then take it where they're going to go. And that would be a couple hundred people working on Ubisoft's booth, working on Epic's booth, working on Activision's booth, working on Microsoft's Mixer booth, etc. So um, it's, you know, it's not about if it's safe in June. It's about is it safe now? And it's not. So. Yeah. And even if it was, you know, quote unquote safe in now, which it isn't, you don't know what the situation is going to be like in June. So the companies to put all those resources into something now is just way too risky. You know, it's just... All the crunch that goes into those, you know, like vertical slice demos at E3 alone take a lot of resources and more and more companies are working from home and trying to like rearrange things. Uh, It's, you know, it's pretty scary right now in terms of like how fluid everything seems to be uh, right now with like companies having to pivot uh, as fast as possible. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're starting to see it more and more, you know, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about like, oh, you know, the coronavirus is we'll see what it's going to do, you know, uh, once it becomes an issue in the U.S. and we'll, we'll start seeing the, the side effects. But up until like last week, it wasn't really hitting like middle America too, too bad. Uh, and, you know, like me and Dave, you know, in our lives are starting to see it, you know, more and more. These decisions have to be made. It sucks that we're going to miss out on in E3 this year. Uh, the day they canceled it, I was working on <laughs> registering for E3. Probably spent a couple hours like putting together like, oh, we don't have business cards. Let me make some business cards. And then a couple hours later, not even a couple hours later, probably like halfway through the day, I just like... Well, it started the night before. Like, um, who was it? Uh, Devolver. It's like, cancel yeah, your hotel. And then we're like, oh boy. And then Schreier got on Twitter. It's like, hey, like we're seeing multiple reports that there's an in, in you know, uh, an announcement on its way. Um, and it like the like that Tuesday and Wednesday last week was just crazy. Like um, I I think I put it on Twitter and, and on my Facebook. Like I, and Michael knows this from knowing me for a long time. Like in terms of like my hobbies, like sports is higher than than gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and March twelfth will be known as the day that the sports world stopped. Like and it's completely stopped. So if they're not gonna do like NBA and NHL, like they're not gonna do conventions either. They closed Broadway. So it's this, and we don't even know. And then I think it was your, uh, the, it's the state of Illinois governor that came out yesterday or today and said, look, we tried to, to, to explain to you guys to limit things and you, you're not listening. 
Yeah, so <laughs> in Illinois, uh, or specifically Chicago, uh, St. Patty's is like huge for the city. They dye the river green. They do all sorts of, you know, drunk events. You know, there's parades. And uh, the governor was like saying people on Saturday, like, hey, don't go out. Please don't go out. If you do go out, limit it to the arbitrary number right now is 250 people yeah. uh, per gathering. And people didn't listen. They went out, got drunk in the streets. There's a bunch of people in like the specific neighborhoods that are known for bars. And it was uh, the usual St. Patrick shit show on top of the coronavirus pandemic right now. And the governor just kind of had it today. And he was just like, you know what? You got all bars are closed uh, as of midnight on Monday and no dining in on restaurants he's like he didn't want to have to do this but like he saw during like st patrick's day like okay you guys aren't taking it serious cases are getting bigger and bigger in illinois so he just put a stop to it and uh, ohio did something similar i believe last week yeah today yesterday or today and i mean they closed yeah. they closed our schools for a month so like all the, yeah, uh, the governor came out and said kindergarten through 12th grade done um, yeah, and Chicago did the same thing. Illinois basically did that, I think, Friday as well. My son's college was one of the first to pull the plug. Um, and they closed for the semester. Like the, some of these other colleges were shutting down or extending spring break. And, and they just they he they just closed for the whole semester. They, they pretty much said, like, essentially, come get your kids. <laughs> um, yeah. And if you can't go home, then you can apply to stay here. And they were just kind of consolidating everybody into one into to into dormitory buildings one dorm but they you know now he's now as people are looking when like when it first came out like monday or tuesday and that was hitting some of the news he the president was actually getting criticized and then by thursday or friday he was then being praised as being the leader of this so i mean there's definitely like it sucks for e3 like i still think um we're gonna see some form of press conferences like if it might just be like nintendo direct style things i think that there still is going to be trailers and demos shown during the time of E3 because the people and companies that have been preparing for this um, and they've been planning this for months. Uh, maybe it'll be a little bit before, maybe it'll be a little bit after, maybe it'll be during. Like, but I fully expect a company, you know, companies like Kind of Funny to still try to do some of their indie showcase around the same time and and all that stuff as well. The they're kind of what are they? I I can't think of the name right now, but he does something where he highlights like last year he highlighted like forty indies, or they highlighted like forty indie games. Yeah, in place of PSX, I believe two years ago, yeah. they did the, their indie, the kind of funny indie showcase, and that's what I was going to bring up. Um, Jason Schreier, or Kotaku, we, we we love quoting this man or reporting his stories, but uh, he talked about how Warner Brothers was going to do their first ever press conference because they have quite a few games to highlight a new Batman game, a new Harry Potter RPG, the one that leaked in 2018 and then uh, Rocksteady's new game. So they were thinking of jumping into the whole live stream or press conference territory, uh, probably, you know, take Sony's old spot. And now they're going to have to pivot and figure out what they want to do. E3 is promising some sort of digital experience, which the, wouldn't be the worst idea if they, you know, partner up with like a kind of funny and just, you know, spotlight the smaller companies that can't, you know, afford to do a full on press conference, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so you can still have, you know, our press conference Sunday, Monday, though, there'll be direct style because no one wants to fill a, a, an auditorium with people. Uh, but maybe for, you know, like 
you know, Sega, Focus Home Interactive, mm-hmm. uh, Atlas, uh, Deep Silver, you know, all those smaller publishers. 505. Yeah. Maybe they put together some sort of package, you know, in the style of a Nintendo Direct or, you know, what kind of fun he did and just do something with that because those people still need a platform and E3 was a perfect platform for them because people would come for the big games and in between the big games, you would like see coverage for all these other games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe they can step in and do something like that because uh, the ESA is promising something. Uh, but I'm wondering, because we always talked about this, Dave, um, how valuable E3 really is because Ubisoft would do their press conference Monday morning uh and then, or no, Microsoft would be Monday morning, Ubisoft Monday afternoon, and then Sony would be the evening. By the time you got the Sony, you almost forgot some of the stuff that Microsoft announced or Ubisoft announced. Now they have the opportunity to maybe spread stuff out and, you know, control their message more and get the spotlight a little bit more on them. Uh, and, and I'm wondering if they're going to take that in consideration or if the ESA is just going to just throw everything up on a Monday and say, here's digital E3. Yeah. Um, I mean, somebody asked me that on Twitter, Kyle, uh, he's been a longtime friend of mine uh, about the relevance of E3. And I, I still feel that it is relevant. I do feel like things can get buried uh, very quickly. Like, like you said, the same example can be something we see on uh, Tuesday morning. We forget about by Thursday night, mm-hmm. um, like while we're there, but there's, I, I still feel like and I'm all for digital. You guys know that. Like I love, you know, playing, not having to mess with discs or anything like that. But nothing will ever change or ex- or replace you playing a video game, hands-on early impressions, getting to talk or interview with a developer. Like nothing will ever change that. Nothing can ever replace that. And it's a matter of all of the press. Like I feel like you build a relationship with someone where you're comfortable or you understand that the the style that they play or the what they're interested in. And that you connect with that person, whoever it is, Greg Miller, you know, Ryan McCaffrey, Michael Swick. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, there's too many people to name. But And you're like, I am on the same wavelength as this person. So this person's impressions are very important to me. And, and that's why I feel like E3 will still, and will still always be relevant. And to, to spread it out to maybe where they decide to do like Ubisoft on Monday and WB on Tuesday and Microsoft on Wednesday. And if, you know, if Sony was going to do something, Sony goes on Thursday. Um, I think that that is, that's something that could, you know, could be viable, but it will definitely be, you, you'll, we're, we're going to feel this in October when, when this game's going to come out, like Bat- WB's new Batman game's coming out. We don't really know what it is because nobody's playing it because it hasn't been safe to travel, yeah. you know? So we don't, you know, then, and, and I think with, with streaming and, and, and the, the influx of that and content creation that it, over the last couple of years, I think these, the days of an embargo lifting two and three weeks before launch are kind of gone too mm-hmm. because of like, the concern about spoilers or the sharing the social content. So I, in terms of, Hey, I, I got to play this game. It was really fun. Or this game needs a lot of work. I hope it gets better before October. That's still going to be relevant. And that's why I think E3 will be back in 2021. It, it will. I, I, they, I feel like they would have to part of me. I joked about it last week uh, when I am a bit, uh, 
pulled out of this like, man, I'm surprised they didn't just use coronavirus as an excuse for, you know, not wanting to continue the show with the ESA. Part of me wonders if the ESA is just like, because it sounds like the C3 2020 might have been a mess in terms of like creative directors pulling out and this. Them well, maybe I am. Maybe I am. Ape it said, hey, this is too hard for us right now with what is going on. Mm-hmm. We want but they to could have easily said that, but they didn't. Maybe they couldn't because of their contract. But instead, they said like very vague, like it would have been good type of talk. Mm-hmm. And I, I, but it may have been just you know in you know bad karma to you know blame coronavirus when in reality it's created differences. Because I mean we've but, we've seen like it, it, this week we've seen companies and of like the NCAA as an example said okay like you know even different conferences were like all right we're pulling the plug on our conference tournament and then another conference is like no we're not. And then a player catches it, you know, an NBA player catches it. And they're like, oh, man. And there was they pulled teams off the court at halftime. Like there was decisions mm-hmm. being made so fast to where maybe I am a bit like, hey, we're worried about this. And the ESA is like, well, we're not. And then I am a bit like, well, we're not going to do it because we're worried about it. And then they mutually agreed to part ways and the ESA was going to find somebody else. And then more data changes a, a week later. And ESA is like, OK, we're not going to do. This. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I would have been a way out like a way reason they wouldn't say it because you don't want i am able to be like hey we're worried about coronavirus and then esa be like don't worry about it only for them to two days later say oh mm-hmm. we are also worried about this well and a lot of these companies got egg like had egg on their face like the ncaa again was like hey we're gonna play in empty arenas which would have been terrible i don't know wwe did an empty arena uh on friday and it was pretty entertaining for a scripted event yes i'm talking about like a 15 seed you know southern illinois playing duke and trying to get the crowd behind them because they're still in the game and it's you know like the only the only uh momentum you get to hit is somebody's squeak uh sneaker squeaking harder no and then all the players <laughs> cursing yeah <laughs> and it being audible would have been really entertaining <laughs> uh, just uh mic up all the players and just let it go because like major major league baseball was looking kind of bad at first because they're like hey we're still we're gonna do spring training and their players are like I have kids at home. Like, I want to go. <laughs> like, has uh, MLB officially said they're not they're delaying? They shut down spring training and they delayed opening day at least two weeks. Okay, all right. I was just confused by that because. But that all happened been... Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Like Seattle came out, Mariners came out and said, "Hey, we're gonna." They they essentially gave up their seven home games in Seattle in the month of April, and okay, then. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Because that's what the the Sox and Cubs basically did. Of like, hey, we're gonna give up our home games for the the month of April. But I guess if every team is giving up their home games, yeah. To play. Well, they, the 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 White Sox initially had to do that, be- or the the Chicago teams had to do that because the governor put a cap on events, uh, mm-hmm. uh on attendance, and yeah. they they would exceed that cap with their staff. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so yeah, like a lot of that stuff was dictated by that, and 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 it's the unknown again. Like if like if they're limiting stuff in Los Angeles, love, love, you know, down to like 150 people, like you can't ESA can't even have a meeting. No, probably not. So, do you do you think uh, that the ESA, knowing what we knew about this year's E3, are kind of relieved that they get a, a full year to to plan? As a silver lining, sure. I mean, yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure they didn't want to cancel it. They didn't want to walk away from whatever oh, amount of millions of dollars. Yeah, like they nobody wants to do that, and everybody, you know, like and that's why everybody's like, oh, this is ridiculous. You know, like these owners, NBA owners, like walked away from millions of dollars. The NCAA walked away from billions of dollars. Um, you know, but it's it's for the greater good. Like, and and I think that at this point in time, like 
WWE, as an example, and uh, UFC, I think, are have been criticized for what they're doing as compared to everybody else. Yeah, uh, especially uh, here. We're going to get into a little bit of wrestling just for a couple seconds. Uh, they they they're going to do all their their shows. They were supposed to be in Detroit on Monday or Friday, and they just went to Florida and they did it in their performance center, which is just like their gym. So they did an empty arena thing, which was kind of cool because it's different. Uh, but they still haven't pulled the plug on WrestleMania which is at the end of the month to the beginning of the next month. And that's in Tampa. And basically Tampa and WWE have been in a back and forth of like, we won't pull the plug unless Tampa pulls the plug. And Tampa's like, we won't pull the plug unless WWE pulls the plug. And now everyone who's going to WrestleMania, we're talking about like 60 to 100,000 people, depending on what how much that football stadium can hold. Uh, no one knows like what is going on right now and a lot of people travel for that and it's a very big international show so wwe is getting a lot of flack because they just won't outright cancel it or delay it and that's supposed to be that was planned on being an outside event right at the buccaneer stadium yes which i'm not too sure that that's a big stadium but they usually do over fifty thousand. it's an it's an it's an nfl stadium so it at least holds 60 without the without putting people Mm -hmm. on the field the seat so and, yeah, and, and WWE put seats on the field. Because I heard something about like, yeah. oh, just delay it till summer. And then people are like, I don't want to be in Tampa Bay in July for six hours outside. <laughs> and even then, like, they, there's so much planning into these events to where it's not as easy to, to, to move it. You know, which is why E3 isn't, you know, right being postponed. It's, just like, it's a lot of effort to put this together. And people travel out for this event. So it's, they're in tough spots. Yeah. Uh, but we've been seeing more like, places cancel like a lot of fighting game tournaments have uh been canceled like capcom cup i believe has been canceled uh i was reading something about another fighting tournament that they're just going to do everything online overwatch league uh which mm-hmm. we're in the middle of overwatch league right now uh they're going to do all their matches online luckily for video games you can do that and still you know have commentary and all that jazz and you can do that online which is good uh but yeah everything's up in the air right now and it's just kind of it's kind of scary. You know, we have people panicking. I went to the Target that I used to work at uh, yesterday and was just looking around the aisles and it was kind of a ghost town. And when you go to the grocery section, it's everything's cleared out. Uh, I don't know if you've gone some done some grocery shopping or if it's that bad over in Detroit. Uh, my wife has been taking care of most of it. She's been between my wife and my daughter, but she's actually been utilizing a lot of the online pickup. So like where you just schedule like somebody else does the shopping for you. And it's to me, it's worth the extra whatever x amount of dollars for her to just go to the store like pull her car up and pick it up and not deal with the lines like it's to the point where she i think she placed an order on saturday and it's not gonna be ready till like monday afternoon but i'm like i don't care if we get yeah yeah 16 out of the 18 things that we want then we're good yeah um so yeah it's just been weird like now that like the restaurants are gonna be kind of basically closed in illinois or yeah, that's gonna change things and i'm just tipping delivery drivers more than usual and mm-hmm relying on amazon as long as amazon's gonna keep going uh yeah. which i amazon will probably never stop uh but yeah uh i don't know we're in a crazy times I've, I've never lived through one of these sort of events i don't think you have either dave uh no so not i mean i'm this you know, is all new to us there's so much that's unknown i mean and like whatever i mean call it blind faith that i have but or i don't care like politics aside and all that random bullcrap aside like i i was raised in a I guess you'd call it a pro-government life, like household. My dad worked for the federal government. Um, I believe that there are systems in place that I don't care who's in charge, the systems will work. And as long as we have people holding other people accountable, 
throughout the entire country, whatever it is, CDC, uh, the president, Congress, Senate, you know, Supreme Court, I don't care, you know, city hall, mayors, governors, like I don't really give a damn who it, who it is. But if there's rules and there's legislation and there's jurisdiction that can be enforced, like I have faith that those things will happen. Like we, you know, we will be okay. Yeah, there there is enough checks and balances in our system that like, you know, I, I don't, you know, not to get political, I don't really like what's going on federally, but like state government, you know, our governor seems to be doing pretty well in Illinois in terms of taking control. So I'm like, okay, yeah, things I was, get better. People I was are very, yeah, I was very impressed with the congresswoman from California that literally put the CDC president's feet to the fire and like, or, or essentially was playing like Russian roulette with him. Like, you better answer this question. <laughs> like, yeah. like she did a great job. Katie Porter, I think her name is like, she did a great job. And I don't care what letter is next to her name in parentheses. Like that doesn't, at this point in time, like, like that doesn't matter. Like, their their job is to help protect the people and that's what they're trying to do so i'll just give it time like you know we're all here like i'm and my dad was asking me the other day like oh what's what's going to happen with his tuition and what's going to happen with his you know school credits i'm like it's been three days like it's okay like i don't yeah. expect answers to happen instantaneously you know in this you know like the the fact of the matter is like as an example my son's school took the students the staff and the faculty as the number one priority over anything else and you can't fault them for that yeah uh so. it, things will get better it's just gonna be kind of crazy right now and everyone's gonna have to readjust uh to life right now especially all the people having to work from home they have to figure that out uh and the people that can't work at home like myself and dave uh just going to work and then hoping our corporations we work for you know figure something out sooner rather than later yeah, but it would be catastrophic too. Like I understand the business aspect of it, of like any company just shutting down for multiple days, like ugh, it's just that could cripple them. So. Oh yeah, that's why. Like when they announced the stuff with the restaurants for Illinois, I'm just like, what about all the waitresses and like bartenders who aren't paid minimum wage and make most of their money off tips? Mm-hmm. It's like, what's going on with them? What's going to happen with them? And even if they go to like a to-go format, like it doesn't help. Unless they're going to all of a sudden pay them at least minimum wage. <laughs> yeah. Like to be Which there. They might not be able to afford that at all. So, uh, But yeah. Um, so uh, Steam's doing really well. <laughs> Someone in the <laughs> chat mentioned yeah. earlier. Uh, they broke their concurrent uh, streamer uh, or a uh, concurrent player record. They hit over or nearly 20 million people at, you know, at one time. Because uh, a lot of people are home right now. And have nothing to do with their quarantine time to other than play games uh xbox live uh seems to be having trouble keeping up with all the people playing uh because they've gone down a couple times which well. is i find ironically fascinating over the the struggles that they didn't have the previous gen <laughs> i'm it, it's one of those things that cracks me up about it is just like i wonder if it's just people that are just like I'm not, on their yeah, I'm not a fanboy. I swear I'm not a fanboy, but I wonder if Microsoft's like, what is, you know, they know what's going on, but they're like, we didn't even know we had this many systems out there still. <laughs> I, I, I joke, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's like so many people working from home that haven't played video games in a while. It's like, fuck it, let me turn on my 360. And then someone at like the data center is just like, 5 million 360s were just turned on within the last hour. <laughs> what do well, we do but the problem is that there's really nobody at that data center because <laughs> yeah. again i'll give microsoft credit where credits do they they obviously try to do you know work from home as much as they can but they are they're paying their third-party vendors their hourly wages yeah. like the people that would run the dining hall at microsoft's corporations and things like that they've paid them so 
their their average hours, which is commendable. Yeah, we're seeing some corporations step up. One thing that's bothering me, not to get away from games again, it's okay. uh, the NBA players that have, have to step up and pay for like the hourly workers at arenas, that is driving me crazy. Mark Cuban yeah. is like, the only owner. Yeah, and did you up. see the Pelicans owner that said that, like, well, they technically don't work for the Pelicans, they work for the Superdome or for the... Not Smoothie su- King. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. come on. like Yeah. Oh, God, that stuff bothers me so much. You have Zion Williams, a rookie... Yeah, he's rich as hell, but you have him stepping up and then the owners being like, we could do it, but no. Yeah, and then you have like Mark Cuban, who's hated by the NBA owners because of what he does, things like this. But that Mm -hmm. man was like 26 years old and he was working a 36 hour a week job when he was able to figure out a way to put the radio on the Internet. (laughs) So um, I'm buying a Dallas Maverick T-shirt as soon as I can. (laughs) Yeah, just to support. Yeah. (laughs) Dude. I've always liked the Mavericks in general, so it doesn't bother me to buy their gear, you know. And Cuban's always been, you know, but you can definitely tell that he even like if you if 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 you don't know any like watch like watch his press conference. If you even if you're not a sports fan, if you're not an NBA fan, like watch Mark Cuban's press conference. Just YouTube it; it's there. And then also like fi- look at his reaction. Like he was in the stands when they told him like his season is not suspended. Like he didn't even know it was coming. Yeah, and he just shot up out of his seat and just started to talk to people that yeah. were like business, you know, just like okay, let's figure this out. So and he stepped up. Uh, so hopefully more people follow in his footsteps. And and they might be, and they're just being silent about it. You know, we're hearing about the ones that aren't doing it. Like we, you know, we've heard some issues like locally about some of like the the owner of the you know the Red Wings and the Little Caesars Arena. There's been some negativity around that, but um, you know, for the most part, hopefully that some of these maybe are just you know taking care of it silently. But I think in this day and age, we'd hear about it either way. All right, you got any other news stories, or is that was that pretty uh, much it? That was it. There's a lot of like random rumors uh, right now, but it's really hard to put those together. So uh, that that was kind of it. Like the E3 cancellation stuff just kind of took over. Yeah, I mean, the only uh, thing that week. I really saw was like, I think what is it, 16 million people have played Warzone already? Yeah, yeah, is 16 million people have played Warzone? Or the Call of Duty, the new Call of Duty Battle Royale, which I didn't Which, get a chance to play. Which isn't surprising, though. Free to play Call of Duty. Right. All right. Um, so we can move on to what we're playing and watching. Uh, do you want to go first? Do you want to talk about your Switch game and then me and then you do your rest? Or do you want to just go? Um, how about you go first? And okay. Then I'll go. All right. So strap in because I fell back off the Destiny wagon. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> nah, new season. So I wanted to check it out, see what some of the stuff was. Um, they've made some interesting choices again. Um, they significant increase to the light level like but last season they increased the light level 10 points uh 20 points pinnacle this season they increased it 40 points 50 points pinnacle um and that's like after a certain point in time you can only get higher gear from top tier activities um i believe that this is uh the first step in their making a bigger gap with some of their weapons to hopefully um sunset their weapons that they're trying to accomplish something luke smith said a couple weeks ago is that balancing the game around a weapon that's three years old has has proved to be a challenge and they want you know guns to have viability for a couple of seasons and then eventually like kind of slowly fade them away from where you can't you can still use them in public space activity but you won't be able to use them in end game content which i'm all for because i kind of like really using the new stuff but when the new stuff is not as good or only on par with what i've already been using for a long time that i'm comfortable with like you keep going back to what you're comfortable with so getting out of your comfort zone is is fine um and then uh very heavily centric 
focused around PvP. They brought Trials of Osiris back, and um, it blew a, it blew up for them on Twitch. Like they they were doing really really well this weekend on Twitch. Like over twenty thousand people concurrently watching Destiny on Twitch, um, which is the first that, that they've had those kind of numbers in a long long time. Um, so people wanting to play and wanting to watch. I was fortunate enough, a good friend of mine that I've known for multiple years, his name is Ethan. Um, he was, I was able to play some trials with him and I got to experience that and got the full flawless card that I needed. Um, I contributed and helped as little as I could um, because it's some top end PVP modes and I'm, I'm okay at PVP, but not to that level. Um, so I did get to check some of that stuff out. Uh, the story that they're trying to continue is kind of like, meh, it's not great. It's not bad. I'll have to see kind of how it how it fleshes out. Um, they did seem to streamline getting you through the stuff quickly, though, and getting you to the new, trying to get you into the new things. So that seems to be pretty good. But, you know, just the, the it's got a, like a little bit of a more of a grind to it than was expected. And it's it wasn't as straightforward to explain to you as well as it has been before about how you get things, what you have to do. So um, there's definitely some some work to be done there. Um, I expect Destiny to, like many other games, to probably take a slight step back in terms of its cadence of content because of the coronavirus, um, and then not being at their studio because Seattle is like in a rough, rough, rough spot right now um, in terms of the safety of their of of employees or of society. So um, I do expect. I mean, if they can pull it off next season, like good for them, but. I do expect it to be a little bit of a struggle. Um, I dabbled a little bit uh, uh, more in the division um, with the Warlords in New York, and their their seasonal content started last week as well. I didn't, I haven't gotten fully into that yet. Um, I need to take down Keener. Uh, I have one more mission left to go in New York, so I'm still technically stuck in New York. But a lot of my plans that I had for like this weekend to play got changed because I obviously had to go get my son, and that was a 14-hour endeavor in one day. And I drove through rain and snow and nice weather. I hate Ohio. <laughs> um, then, so that was for the most part. I caught up on some television shows with my wife. That's kind of one of the things that she's been like making a list of what we're what she's going to be watching because my wife is off work for the next twenty five days, probably twenty days. I think um, at least guaranteed those days. Um, so there's definitely uh, lots of going on there. So. Um, but yeah, I didn't get to necessarily play as much as I wanted to. I was doing a little bit of prep work to bring my son home earlier than expected. Um, and also just trying to be there, you know, to help where I could help and get the house ready and prepared for the possibility of being stuck here for a couple weeks. <laughs> so, um, so not a ton of playing, not a ton of watching, catched up a couple like NCIS shows and, and, and then just watching, you know, just been fascinated by all the, the stories around the sports world. Cause you know, like it's just coming to a halt. Yeah. And I mean, heck, Disney's even closed. <laughs> I know. I saw that and I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. this doesn't affect Marvel Land construction because I want to go to Disney at the end of the year. Oh, did you see how many movies got affected by it? Oh, yeah. So much. Yeah. Uh, I'm still waiting for some Uncharted uh, movies to come <laughs> up uh, probably in the next week or two. So let me ask you this. Do you think if this gets any, and I don't want it to, but if this gets any worse and it extends another four or six or eight weeks, do you think that a triple A movie, and I don't know what else to call it, um, would do something like release on like on a, on a service like on Vudu and it just costs $30 and you get it for like 24 hours? I mean, Disney already pulled the trigger on Frozen 2, which was supposed to release in June, and they released it 
on Disney Plus. Like it was supposed to release on Blu-ray and or it was supposed to release on Disney like in Plus a couple weeks. I thought it was a couple weeks. Like it was going to come out on on DVD like in a couple weeks. Yeah, no, yeah, that. But the the Disney Plus thing is like three months after yeah. the Blu-ray release, it comes out. But they were just like, oh, we're releasing it Sunday. Do you, I mean, <laughs> so, do you think that like a movie is going to do that? I I can I can I can see it. And then I wonder, like, if they do it and it's successful, like, is this the the companies going like, do we really need movie theaters? Uh, hopefully, hopefully that's what happens. <laughs> you know, like there, there's always that concern. Like people are already talking about that. Like, oh, this is just going to prove that we can, you know, more classes should be online. And yeah, like, yeah, maybe, maybe they should be, but nothing can replace social interaction. And that's obviously been shown to be true because people aren't listening to lack of social interaction. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of uh, like so far movies that were supposed to release in theaters were delayed. Like Fast and the Furious was delayed for a year. Like, <laughs> um, and other movies are being delayed, like uh, A Quiet Place 2 was delayed. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if someone just pulls the trigger. Um, HBO Max is still coming out in April, right? It's like maybe... <laughs> you think it'd be like the Black Madison. Widow movie and Disney's like, hey, here you go. Like, here's Disney Plus. Give us, uh, you know, give us an extra 25 bucks this month and you get access to it for 72 hours or something. It might have to, to come to that because, yeah, Black Widow got delayed too. So if they want, if they really want to do it, they can. So I mean, that's like, oh, like what is what would that be like? Two or three movie tickets per household, and I think people would be more apt to do it. They don't have, they won't have anything else to do. Yeah, and Disney wouldn't have to cut the movie theaters in, right? So it'd be even more money for them. So, all right, what you been playing? Okay, uh, I did actually get to play Warzone. Uh, played a couple games of it, uh, two games of the main battle royale mode, and one of plunder mode. Uh, Warzone is Call of Duty's free-to-play uh, battle royale game with 150 players. Uh, it's trios, and it's interesting. It's different. It's even more different than Blackout. One of the the key differences is, which is something I thought was really cool, uh, when you get killed in the game, you get sent to the Gulag. Yeah, I heard about is, this. <laughs> which is a, a jail, uh, like a prison shower. And you 1v1 your way back to the map. And it, it's kind of a cool idea. Uh, I, I won two of my three uh, Gulag. Okay, so I know obviously what happens if you win. You get put back in the game. Mm-hmm. What happens if you lose? Uh, if you lose, you're just dead. But if your teammates are still alive, they can buy you back into the game. Okay. So... What differentiates this from other battle royales is there's just cash everywhere, just in piles with like ammunition. If you kill someone, you take their cash. Uh, there's loot crates everywhere, or like loot crates as in just crates in the game, not pay to win loot crates. <laughs> um, and there's cash in all of those crates. And if you collect, I think it's like 4,500 or 4,600, you can use that money to bring back a dead teammate. Okay. Uh, and I believe you can do that multiple times so until like the last two rings that's or so. Kind of like Apex's revive card. Uh, so re- the the revive card is just if you go to your downed enemy's crate, you just take the revive card and then you go to specific areas uh, to have them drop back in. There's no like collection thing. Like mm-hmm. I I was down and my my uh, teammate 
had to just run around the map and collect as much money as possible and kind of had to play it stealth like right in terms of this like okay i gotta get this money and then i gotta go find uh one of the shop crates so then i can buy uh their life but but if like if if you and i are playing and i die like can you and i had i don't even know like as an example i had like six grand on me or whatever like can you pick my money up or is it gone you do drop, I don't know if you drop all your money, but you do drop money, so I could okay. go over there and see whatever money I can get. Okay. Uh, so, that that is a cool concept, uh, and they haven't broken it. Like, I don't think they ever will put it to where you can use real money to, you know, like, move currencies around, but who knows? It's free to play. They could do that down the line. Uh but over, like, the, the, the map is just gigantic. Uh, and it's 150 players, right? It's 150 players, and even then, like the the map is just huge, uh, which which I liked. The vehicle stuff, I don't really like the vehicle stuff. It reminds me of the vehicle stuff in the co-op portion of Modern Warfare, uh, which I didn't really like. Uh, but but it works. Uh, there's a different level of intensity uh, in this battle royale, uh, just with the the gulag stuff, the you know, collecting money aspect. There's contracts you can pick up, which earn you more money, uh, you know, additional money. Uh, you can purchase basically a loadout drop where they will drop a crate with all your loadouts from Modern Warfare's main campaign or your loadouts from, you know, the regular menu. Uh, so you're not just dropping with like a pistol uh, or you drop with a pistol and you gather your guns. But if you get one of these like loadout drops, you can just pick your loadout you're comfortable with, your full loadout, uh, and you know have all your toys uh, that you would have in that loadout available to you, uh, which is interesting and can make the game pretty chaotic. Especially you know Call of Duty's known for its perks and you know little toys and gadgets. So adding those to a battle royale mode is like game changing. Uh, the other mode that is in this is uh, plunder, uh, which is just your your team of three is trying to gather a million dollars. The first team to a million dollars wins. And uh, the way you, uh, you know, you collect money as usual, you kill enemies, you do contracts. So there'll be specific missions in the, in the mode where it's like this player marked on your map is a contract kill. You have to kill this player to earn even more money. And once you have a certain amount of money or, have enough money you bank it by going to deposit areas on the map which we'll call a helicopter down with a duffel bag you put as much money as you can in a duffel bag and then it takes it away and deposits it so that money is safeguarded uh so mm. kind of turns into a camp fest as people will just you know snipe those areas and then it's just kind of a, a game of okay we sniped so many different groups by this deposit area who's gonna go there pick that money up and deposit it knowing how many snipers around uh and you just it's uh it's infinite response so you could just keep dropping so it the the games kind of last a long time the maps are big and there's enough deposit areas around that it doesn't get too clustered but there are definitely certain areas that i found where it's just like okay this apartment complex is too sniper prone. Yeah, that so, kind of sucks. That it sounds like there's no like teamwork aspect to that either. To maybe where you can protect somebody that's trying to deposit, you know, like with an ability or something. Yeah, that's basically what I was doing with my friend. I got the uh, the heartbeat monitor, 
Uh, so I was using the heartbeat monitor, like as we're going through an apartment complex of like, okay, someone is here or someone's, you know, like in this general area and then using that to take people out. But it was definitely one of those things where we were trying to get to a rooftop so we can get someone in a sniper position and then have the person on the ground ready to cash in. Uh, but it was, it was difficult and people are still learning how to play that mode. So it'll get better over time. Mm -hmm. Uh, then so that that was it for for Warzone. Um, Overwatch and Dethane where they locked out my main character. So fuck Overwatch. Um, <laughs> and then uh, played Dreams last night on stream. Uh, word of advice: Don't search coronavirus in Dreams. Uh, you will get a lot of disturbing levels. I I, I watched some of your replay today. Of like playing that last toilet paper game or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Dreams uh, is the internet basically in video game form. Uh, there's a lot of memes, a lot of suicidal warios, and weird shit. Uh, but for all the weird shit that you find, there's always a couple gems uh, in Dreams, which keeps the hope alive for me that Dreams will turn into something very special uh, once the the people making memes get bored with the game and move on into people that want to make actual games right. are there to enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I watched Jojo Rabbit, uh, which is the Teki Wahidi film. I know I'm mispronouncing his name. I uh, just saw that before uh, recording. Uh, loved that movie. Uh, that was one of those scenes where it's a funny movie. Also very sad. I mean, it's dealing with World War II stuff, so there's, you're going to get some, like, you know, like some heart wrenching stuff out of you know that that uh, you know time. Uh, so it's one of those things where I was watching it and I was just like, maybe I shouldn't have watched this before I had to record the podcast with Dave because I am sad now. Right. Um, so I watched that, and then like I mentioned earlier, wrestling. Like I watched SmackDown for the first time in a while because they did a an empty arena show which was just so weird to watch uh, i was looking forward to watching basketball games in empty arenas but the health of the players is obviously more important than my morbid curiosity that would have lasted probably like 10 minutes of sneakers scraping the hardwood floors yeah. uh but um i'm gonna review a game that i've had for a while and i've been talking about it vaguely for the last couple of weeks just because uh, we've had it for Probably a month, but the embargo was pretty far out. Um, the game is called Half Past Fate. Uh, it's on Switch and Steam. Uh, this is a narrative adventure game that revolves around the romantic lives of six young people whose lives all cross paths over an eight-year period. Uh, the characters are living their 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 normal lives, and their their paths are unknowingly crossing uh, throughout like this eight-year period. And the story is told kind of out of order or pretty much out of order uh, with each chapter taking place either like uh, eight years in the past, four years in the past. Some of them are like 20 minutes ago and the time is constantly jumping and moving out of order to emphasize how the lives of these characters cross paths unknowingly and how... uh, uh, you know, like a misconnection can form into a relationship or how people just, you know, 
just meet each other briefly and they don't know several years later that their lives are going to be entwined together, you know, potentially forever. Uh, this is, is a, it is an adventure game. Uh, everything that you're doing is very, uh, dialogue heavy, uh, heavy. Uh, the gameplay is just your typical, like, adventure game stuff where you're given some basic tasks to do to, to move along the story. Nothing too difficult. Like, I wouldn't even call them puzzles. They are just little problems you have to solve. You know, like, one of the, the scenarios is someone needs to to move some boxes, but they need a dolly. You know the electronic store next to them has a dolly, but that worker can't give you the dolly unless you do him a favor. So you just find yourself in each chapter doing a bunch of favors for other people until you can move the story along. Uh, chapters are relatively short, uh, probably... 15 minutes per chapter, depending on how slow you're moving through it. Uh, the, the dialogue is very important. Uh, the, the characters are, for the most part, really likable. Uh, though some of the dialogue can be a little clumsy in terms of, uh, explaining itself. Like there's a lot of exposition and inner monologues, and some of that can be just a little unnatural sounding. Uh, and some of the characters, I feel like are just too nice sometimes where it's just like, okay, this is, this isn't a realistic scenario, even though the game is uh, trying to be a slice of life. Uh, but don't get me wrong. I still enjoyed it. It, it. it it was nice to play just a charming, happy go lucky video game. Like I appreciated that. And especially right now with everything being pretty crazy, it was nice to play just a game about, these like six people's lives and they're 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 in their formative years you know they're 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 growing up trying to manage adulthood and seeing their interactions was good though some of the dialogue was just a little clumsy to 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 say the least uh the 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 one thing with the the, the gameplay <laughs> that is like my major complaint with it is so the chapters are really really short they're you know 10 to 15 minutes and there's no saving in the game. Like the, each chat, it'll save after a chapter. But if you want to quit halfway through a chapter, you can't save. You have to replay that. There, there's no save option, or at least one I couldn't find. No auto saving in terms of saving mid chapter. So that's weird. Once you start a chapter, you kind of just have to commit to playing that chapter. The only good thing is those chapters don't last too long, especially if you blast through some of the dialogue options, which I had to do sometimes uh, early on in the game because I you know, discovered after playing halfway through a chapter and be like, oh, I'm going to go to bed, turning my switch off and the next day, loading the game up and seeing like, oh shit, it started from the beginning. Having to go through that. Um, but I thought, like, can't you put the switch like in like sleep mode and then pick back I, up where you were? I can, uh, but it's one of those things where I don't know if it's just because I'm an old gamer. Uh, I'm not used to just putting my systems in sleep mode. I like to just turn my, my system off. I, I did use the sleep functionality once I discovered that the game did not save okay. uh, mid-chapter, but that was definitely one of those things where I guess I'm just so used to games having auto-save points or a save option that it caught me off guard a little bit, and then I just had to adjust. Yeah, uh, no, no, for sure. That That's weird. I mean, like, in, like PCs don't really have a sleep option either. You know, they kind of yeah. do, but, I mean, like, you have to leave your PC on, which can be 
dangerous and people have their PCs do things overnight anyways or maintenance or restarts or reboots and it was one of those things where luckily the chapters aren't too long said that they're you can get through a chapter in like 15 minutes so it wasn't too bad having to replay it and since i replayed you know since i started that chapter the day before i kind of just blasted through the dialogue options to get to the point where i left off so that that was nice uh, the game's art style is like this gorgeous uh like 2d sprites with uh 2d 3d backgrounds and it really pops uh which mm-hmm. which on the switch looks great uh, especially uh, I played this entirely in handheld mode and it looks really nice on that switch screen. Uh, the music uh, is just a really nice, like upbeat music style that goes along with the art style. It was really hard not to play that game and not kind of like just vibe off the music in terms of like, this is like happy music. I'm like having a, you know, like a good time playing this light adventure game. Uh, especially, you know, I'm playing other games right now, Overwatch, you know, like army, you know, combat games and competitive games and having this light and happy game to play with its music was relaxing and it it does a good enough, a good job, uh, at being charming, uh, with its art style and its music working cohesively to, to, to put on a, like a enjoyable product. Yeah, as soon as I uh, saw like the trailer and stuff come through, like on the press release, I'm like, "This has got Michael's name all over it." <laughs> oh, for sure, for <laughs> sure. And uh, the story, uh, by the time I got to it, it's about twelve, twelve chapters. And by the time I got to the end of it, I loved pretty much all the characters. Like they all come across really charming and likable. And even though some of the dialogue early on uh, felt awkward or like unnatural. Uh, I overcame that pretty quickly within a couple chapters. I was like on board with all these characters and wanted to see them all have happy endings and see how the game was going to get them there. I don't know if there's much value in how they tell the story of time jumping back and forth being like one chapter is four years later, the next chapter is two years later, and then it goes eight years later. Like Mm. that time jump is a little weird. Uh, I understand kind of how they why they did it because if they told the story straightforward it might not have been as as memorable as it could have been jumping around and i think they really wanted to emphasize that whole like misconnection uh you never know who's going to become important in your life vibe or feel so i understand i understand why they did that i i don't know if it was as effective as they wanted it to be but by the end of it i had a good time i got to you know have a happy game you know that wasn't gonna like leave me depressed or you know wasn't gonna like necessarily challenge me right now when i just kind of want to vibe out and just play something on my switch uh that was relaxing uh so overall uh i scored a three out of five um so i I do recommend it uh it is 19.99 so you have to you know relatively short game but if you're looking for like a, a light adventure game uh just definitely worth looking at uh even at the uh twenty dollar price level very cool awesome all right we're gonna move on to our questions uh so you can send us questions using hashtag ask digital days uh you can send them to us on facebook you can send them uh facebook page facebook group twitter discord there's multiple ways that you guys can send us questions they don't have to be only gaming related feel free to ask us uh pretty much anything you want and we'll talk about it or 
post it in the show. Do try to keep a um, a log of all the questions that are sent to us. So if you don't hear your question asked, like maybe this week, like it could be two weeks out, three weeks out, next week. I mean, it could be anything. Michael's got a living document with questions on it, and uh, he mm-hmm. uses them when we need to fill things in, like this week. All right. Um, so Maine Terry says, what are your most interesting features uh, you know so far about the new consoles, and what features are you hoping they release uh, with that haven't been announced? Uh, personally, I'm interested in backwards compatibility on both machines and how extensive of a library they'll have. Um, so I guess, I mean, really, if you were going to ask me about what I know that's in the next-gen consoles that I'm interested in, is I guess it would I'm going to use two things. One is is how ray tracing is going to really work, supposedly, like the lighting aspect of it. It's not something that I always really care about. It's things that I notice, but then as I continuously play a game, I'm like... I don't pay attention to the to the minor details as much as other people do. They're like, "Hey, did you see like all the detail lined on that trash can?" I'm like, "No, I I ran by it." Because <laughs> um, Division does that with like some of the stuff in New York and the the places that you're going and the stuff you did in DC and like, yeah, it's cool. I notice like that I'm sh- like fighting by the Lincoln Memorial, but I don't notice like on the wall where it's like spray painted like the direction it wants you to go or anything like that. I don't I, I don't pay that much attention to it. Um, and then the other one would be um, I forgot. <laughs> okay. So uh, for for me, uh, the SSD. Yeah. Okay. Of it, yeah. Yeah. How that how that's really going to impact the systems. Yeah. yeah. So SSDs aren't anything new. Uh, PCs have been using them for a while, but PC development or developers haven't been able to fully utilize the power of an SSD or the speed of an SSD because at least you know when you when you develop stuff for PC you have to develop for the least common denominator. And the idea that a Naughty Dog, an Insomniac, you know, so I'm specifically mentioning Sony because those publishers are only going to be on PlayStation consoles, or at least right. as far as we know, they're only going to be on PlayStation consoles. Their least common denominator is going to be an SSD. So they can fully take advantage of the speed of an SSD and do some really cool things and, we might see file sizes get smaller as they don't have to retain so much data that needs to be repeated over and over again with an SSD. They can immediately, you know, or quickly grab, you know, whatever data they need to get again and streamline that process. Uh, so we're, you know, we'll obviously the increase low, low times, but you know, there might be less pop-ins there. There might be, little things that currently are an issue that won't be an issue again with ssds being the least common denominator yeah like less uh, less we'll anti-aliasing see, you know yeah yeah there'll be there'll be a lot of things that will be improved with an ssd being the least common denominator uh will we see that for like third-party games probably not we'll see just the load time speed up because the third-party games are going to have to you know work on xbox you have an ssd but then they also have to work on pc which is going to have anything inside of it uh so i think we're going to see some really cool stuff with uh what sony's able to do with their exclusives some of that with xbox exclusives um but since they're going to be on pc i don't know if we're going to fully see everything that we can see improved with an ssd are you concerned that we're not going to be able to change the hard drive uh i mean i'm going to be able to change my hard drive uh i'll find out yeah well i mean but like so, I mean, that's the, like, yeah, okay, like, right, let me rephrase it. Are you concerned that we're not going to be able to change the hard drive, or are you concerned that if you do change the hard drive, it's going to require another SSD? Like, if you don't have an SSD in there, it's not going to work. 
I'm fine with it requiring another SSD. I think they will find a way to do it. The only thing I can think of, so a lot of what the talk is, it's going to use like NVMe drives, which are like basically, you know, small chip size SSDs or like, you know, like RAM size SSD cards that you, they won't make those easily accessible for you to just upgrade them. And it's going to be more expensive to upgrade those. I wouldn't be surprised though, if they start that on the main board, but maybe just have a standard SSD <laughs> slot for expandable storage later. Or external. Would it, wouldn't be the worst idea. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just a little worried about like these machines have to come with at least two terabytes minimum, right? <laughs> but they're going to come with one. Yeah. So yeah, I know it's interesting. Um, and then yeah, an external SSD maybe. I mean, but you can plug into yeah. the USB port, something like that. Um, yeah, which are, aren't crazy expensive. It's just you're not going to get a lot of size like you would for a standard hard drive. What feature are you hoping that we haven't heard about yet that they put in the system? Uh, full backwards compatibility. <laughs> uh, we know it's going to be backwards compatible with PS4. I, I, they still haven't said anything about PS1, PS2, PS3. Which I don't think You've it will. I, I don't think it will be. But I, I, I could see PS1, uh, maybe PS2, PS3 is still yeah. so difficult to pull that off. Um, there's two things that I really want. In, in the in the next gen consoles that they haven't said yet um discord integration yes um just just have it work like where i can be on my michael can be on his phone in a chat in in a in a, in a voice chat room i can be on, on a console and somebody else can be on a pc and we can hear each other and we're fine and it sounds good and we can you know i can you know plug my you know move be on the go and plug it into my phone and continue the conversation if i've got a you know, run an errand or something like that. I've started using Discord a lot more the last couple of weeks, and I really, really, really like Discord. Um, so I would like that. And then just a little bit more ease of use in terms of stream setups. Um, I've had to get like a USB sound card for the PS4 to use it with a mixer and to use my same mic um, and, a, and a splitter cable here and a splitter cable there. And, you know, using that. So I'm using like a USB sound card and an optical cable. You know, like, yeah, I know I'm in a little bit of a unique situation with the goal that I have in mind, but, you know, streaming is a pretty big deal and, and just the integration and being able to, um, stream easier or hook it up to, I can't imagine if somebody really wanted to hook this up to like surround sound or something like that, like what that would be like. I, I would love to see like if they can get OBS or Streamlabs or make an app. Yeah. Uh, so you could just have yeah. That so just ease of ease of streaming. Yeah. Like the the share was a great you know share play or whatever you want to call it live stream share was a great first step, but they haven't really integrated on it at all. No, they've actually pulled services from it <laughs> more than yeah. they've added to it. So yeah. I would just like to see that stepped up a little bit better because like even like little things like Microsoft, I didn't really realize this until a couple months ago when I was digging into it and looking in, in, into things. You could just take a USB webcam and plug it into an Xbox, and it works. You can't do that with a PS4. No, it has a special port only for the PS4 camera. Ah, I thought maybe if you plugged in the USB to the camera to the USB port, it would work. But yeah. I haven't tried it, but I also haven't heard somebody say it does work. Yeah, I've seen most <laughs> cameras just be the bad PlayStation camera. Yeah, I think if that was the case, like some people would spend the fifty bucks on like a C920 and plug it into their PlayStation instead of using the PS camera. Yeah, yeah, true, true. So, that. Uh, but yeah, like that's what, yeah. But at this point in time, like I, I, I'm getting to the point where I don't 
think that we're going to see Series X or PS5 this year. No, I don't think so either. So that I, I, I hate to be to be right multiple times in a row about certain things. <laughs> I want them. I, I want no, them too. But yeah, it's they're going to be delayed. So. All right. Uh, Splinters 1972. Um, how has MJC been getting on with the VR? I think it's the best thing this generation. Keep up all the good work, both of you, and stay safe. I, since I got VR, kind of forgot about VR, um, just because it's kind of a hassle to set up every time I want to use it, especially because I don't keep everything connected to it. Like Dave was talking about with, like, we're in a little bit of a special case uh, with how our setups are. Uh, hooking up VR, I basically have to unhook it from my graphics or from my uh, my PC, basically. I have to unhook my PS4 from my capture card and then hook that up to the VR headset just because it's limited in space. I keep buying VR games every time they sale. And when I do play VR, I kind of just set out a couple hours for like a VR session where I just go through a bunch of games. I haven't really finished any VR games, but every time I bust out the VR, it's like, okay, I'm sitting down for like three hours. I have these five games I want to mess with. And then I mess with those games and then just box up my VR headset and put it away. Uh, I'm really hoping next gen, even though I, I'm kind of bought in on this VR, like if they come out with a wireless headset uh, for next generation, I will be fully on board for a wireless headset <laughs> just to cut back on some of the wires. Yeah, the, the setup isn't great. Um, I just made another change in my office where I realized like, hey, I might have the space to, to hook this up and leave it there because I added a, a, some more some more storage to my area, to my office area. Um, so maybe I can get that hooked back up and see, like, I would like to be honest with you, like it would, and my wife's going to be home a lot. Um, I would love to, uh, stream some, some VR games, but the first problem is like, I can't see chat. <laughs> so, um, but if my wife's in the room, maybe she can read chat or we can interact or you can watch her play. And that's even more hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um Especially uh, my setup currently right now, no one listening can see it. But if you're watching on stream, you can. I have a wall that's just like right here that in order to use VR, I have to sit back a little bit. And then when I'm using like a move controller or something, I put my arm up. I'm going to hit this wall that's just like right to my side. Um, so like I have to like move furniture around for VR a little bit. Like if I put it in like my living room-ish area, I have to like move my couch so I have enough space. Uh so, always looking for sit-down VR experiences, basically, at this point. <laughs> All right. Um, our last question of the night comes from Randy Pennock on the Facebook group. Uh, in school, what kind of student were you? I.e. a jock, a nerd, a class cutter? Okay. Um, I was all three of those. <laughs> uh, I was... Uh, I played football for a year. Um, every day, I would go to one of the three parks that were around my high school with my friends. We would play pickup basketball games at like each of the parks. And so we like ran out of people to play. And then we would, when we retired, go to a land center that wasn't too far from our school and basically play there until that place closed or we had to go home. And we would also cut class frequently to go to that land center or to play basketball at the parks. It wasn't until like halfway through my junior year that I was just like, oh, I should probably take this shit serious because <laughs> I want to graduate next year. Uh, so where I actually like took school more serious. But like my first like two and a half years in high school, I was kind of a terrible student. And then college, I, you know, I 
didn't finish college, but I, I, I was at college uh, doing a community college run. Uh, and I took that a little bit more serious. But like during high school, I was all over the place uh, <laughs> being like a nerd who also played basketball and football. Yeah. So um, I wasn't like I played video games. Um, I played a lot of sports games in high school and in junior high and things like that. Um, so I wasn't like a huge like into gaming. I played like Mario's and the basic stuff. Um, but I was a swimmer. I was actually a pretty above average swimmer. I swam competitively pretty much from the time I was like five or six years old until I was like 16. Uh, however, I was that guy in high school that had a kid their junior year of high school. Uh, so um, I was the kid that, you know, that got the the older the older student uh, pregnant. My wife is two years older than me. So um, I was a sophomore dating a senior. Um, and so like I was that, you know, that guy like that summer between my sophomore year and junior year because um jonathan was born in november of my junior year of high school um that i was my wife my now my wife obviously um and and myself were the topic of conversation of summer summer break and band camp and all that stuff that we we were the the, the topic of where the, all the all Did you the, hear about david angel yeah all the rumors swirling around and people you know like and then answering and actually the most awkward part was actually answering the questions to the teachers like when i came back to school in september like talking to the teachers that known Mm -hmm. that have known me for a couple years but so yeah like i was the you know that that kid then um and i was also like as you know you guys have heard me say this before like uh when i you know because i managed some footlockers and things like that um i was a sneakerhead like the last two years of of high school like collecting tons and tons and tons of shoes i was actually making pretty good money um working at a champs where i was working at and um it was at the height of like the jordan retro days so i was that you know jersey and um i guess nylon you know windbreaker pants and matching shoes um man speaking of that i had the white socks cap in every color imaginable i had a lids uh discount card yep (laughs) I wasn't as into hats as I am now. Like I like to wear hats partially because I'm pretty much bald. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I had I had some really good hair. My wife actually, you know, I, if you if if you guys ever follow me on Twitter, sometimes you see pictures of my kids. Um, Owen is a towhead, and I had some really good blonde hair as well. And she claims that one the one year when I completely shaved my head for swimming, that like her exact words are, "You shaved your head, and your hair grew back like that." she points at what i have and she doesn't like it um because she said that i used to have really good blonde hair um i will uh post some pictures of some some interesting pictures for you guys to see on on twitter and and maybe uh, yeah my wife will just do it she'll put them in the facebook group so i'm not even gonna say maybe um she'll she'll post some in the facebook group of then and now pictures so you can see um but uh so yeah like that's that's kind of what my high school life was i stopped swimming at the end of my junior year um, and then my senior year of high school, like my counselor, uh, pretty much said, okay, he's like, well, you're having a kid. He's like, that's happening. He goes, we need to figure out a way to make your senior year as easy as possible. And, and that was the goal. So we doubled up on, uh, some English classes, my junior year. And then my senior year was like internet business, child development after I had a child. Um, and, uh, like a student assistant for the yearbook. And then I, I did some stuff on the yearbook committee of making sure that the yearbook wasn't missing pages like it was the previous year. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was pretty much the gist of my high school life. Yeah. My, see, the only thing I have <laughs> that was like, uh, 
people constantly, my friends are constantly making fun out of me is just like my White Sox hat collection because I was that guy with this like mattress coat. When you said you were a sneakerhead, were you that guy that like if you got your shoes scuffed just a little bit, you were religiously like cleaning it like rigorously? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, yes, yes and no. Um, the reason why I say yes and no is because I actually believed in the and I, I saw it firsthand. Like the the protection stuff that we sell actually works. So mm-hmm. if you protected your shoes properly, um, then you were usually in pretty good shape. Um, but yeah, it, it was a concern. Like if 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 things got scuffed and but um, to the point of where I could, I literally could at one point in time probably wear a different pair of shoes to school for three, four months at a time. Every, every once in a while, my mom will send me a message like, hey, I saw your uh, tub of, like your your plastic container full of hats. Do you want those? And I'm just like, just hang on to them or throw them out. She's like, I'll hang on to them. Yeah. Every uh, every couple months, she messages yeah. me. Like, oh, I had I had a ma- hat. yeah I had a massive jersey co- or jersey collection, and I had a massive shoe collection in you know ninety nine two thousand two thousand one when I was in high school. So yeah, like I, I have uh, some LeBron jerseys, some Dwayne Wade jerseys, some Kirk Heinrich jerseys uh, <laughs> that I'll never wear ever again, just because I feel like I just am just too old old to just wear a jersey not at a sports game. My son, my oldest son, had some fun in high school going through some of like my closet and pulling some things out that he could wear to school, including when he could actually fit my shoes. Yeah. So, like he 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 definitely had some people at school going, "What is that? <laughs> and why yeah. do they look that good?" Like other sneakerheads going, "Like those aren't out yet." And he goes, "No, these are from 2000." And they're like, "What?" <laughs> like, yeah. I had a massive fascination with uh, Ken Griffey Jr.'s line of clothing and his shoes, the Swingman stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a lot of Ken Griffey Jr. shoes and I had a lot of Jordans so a lot of Jordans yeah I just had uh, I was cheap I just had DC shoes <laughs> and I would play basketball in my skate shoes oh boy which probably did no favors for my like knees in my current yeah. form I uh, made I made commission I made commission when I sold gym shoes so this could be like a really cool bonus content episode one day in terms of like the stories I could tell you of like even the athletes that I waited on because I worked in a very uh, up, upscale is a bad word, but because it's not upscale. But I worked in a very urban set setting mall where we would get 700, 800 pairs of Jordans, and people would be waiting in line to the point of where Jordans used to actually come out on Wednesdays. I would mm-hmm. go to work at six o'clock in the morning and work until eight o'clock, eight thirty, and then go to class, go to school. Yeah, <laughs> just enough time to burn through. Did shoes take pre-orders or just no, not no, no. The pre-orders weren't a thing then, so it was just kind of okay. like wait in line. We were handing out tickets, and you know, and, and but people were breaking into the mall to get into there. But like, like that, my time at that mall, like, and it was it was the number one shoe mall in Metro Detroit. Like there was a clothing mall and there was a shoe mall, and I worked at the shoe mall. See, uh, you were working hard. I, I was a degenerate. I would have to decide am i gonna take my basketball home or my book bag with homework home yeah i i got very lucky with the job that i got and where i got it at i was not the right i mean i yeah i was not the right person to be at that in that in in that environment i definitely stood out like a sore thumb yeah (laughs) but i've i've made some lifelong friends working there that are still friends i'm still friends with to this day and um that environment helped mold me into the person that i am now so so all right so that is it for this week um i think i i mean spotlight would just be coronavirus like please just 
just take care of yourself. Try to minimize whatever you can. Just do what you can. If you have to go to work, please be careful. Um, if you don't feel well, do what you can to to not interact if if possible. I know that's easier said than done. Uh, Michael and I both still go to work every day, and I know Michael, I believe, either walks or uses public transportation, so he's even at a higher Oof. risk. Yeah, uh, yeah, every <laughs> so, day. Um, then you know I am, but just take just take the extra precaution, please. Take care of yourself if you can. You know, not go somewhere. Try not to if you can. You know, just be a, you know slightly you know like maybe even a little bit cleaner than you like than you normally are it's hard to say that but you know just wash your hands like don't shake hands don't fist bump just wave at somebody you know i don't know if you really are one of these people that likes to shake hands i don't know tap your feet together i don't i don't know <laughs> um something yeah I just nod yeah i hated shaking hands before and i really yeah. hate shaking them now um and 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 help somebody if you can please like if they if you have the opportunity to help somebody if you can go to the store and, and they're not able to like just just lend a helping hand you know like we not to toot my own horn or anything like that but we brought it somehow i put it on discord it somehow i got two dorm rooms in my ford edge and i brought another student home that lived another four hours north of where we are and it was too hard for their parents to make that you know 11 hour drive down uh, on such short notice and uh that we were able to at least alleviate that pressure as much as we could. Um, so if, if at all possible, please do that. If you can help, not not necessarily like pick somebody up and drive them six hours, but just help somebody if you can, if you're able to. Hey, uh, don't hoard shit. Uh, <laughs> don't buy more than you actually need. Uh, people need food. They need hand sanitizer. They need toilet paper. Don't hoard that shit. Yeah, uh, so don't be that don't guy be in Tennessee. Oh god, that pissed me <laughs> off so much. Don't be that guy in Tennessee. Uh, and I think like Eric Chorn in our Facebook group put a picture. Or I'm friends with him on Facebook. Uh, he put a picture. Yeah, up, I saw like, that too. Yeah, like yeah. the like the 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 number one jerk in Utah or something like that. So, Garage full of toilet. Yeah, uh, don't so, be that guy. Yeah. And if you're gonna do delivery, tip the delivery driver pretty well. Okay, don't. Yeah. This is not the time to like be cheap on uh, tips. And, and, also, and don't be paranoid uh, because of the delivery driver, because the people that are making your food hopefully don't have it either. OK, <laughs> yeah. And be nice to retail workers. They're trying. They probably have managers that are incompetent as fuck. So don't be mean to the retail hey. worker who's just trying. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, you would probably say other managers <laughs> you've dealt with. I have a good team. Uh, but no, no, I'm not saying your team. Yeah. But... And it's not the store's fault that they don't have something. There yeah, are so not. many factors into that. It is not the store's fault or the employee's fault that they don't have something. So yeah. just please just employee, take a breath. Yeah, the, the employee doesn't want to be there as much as you don't want to be there shopping. So just like be nice. Don't don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> so um, please join our Facebook group. You can just search Digital Days Gaming on Facebook and you'll find us. You uh, submit a request. We haven't got any new members recently. Um, I know, like a lot and of. Don't be a dick. <laughs> Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Digital Days Pod. Uh, you can like our page on Facebook too, Digital Days Gaming. Uh, YouTube channel. We have a YouTube channel. Hopefully, we can get the the show up there a little bit more often. It's been a little bit of a challenge. Um, uh, Michael's review of his Switch game will go up there as well, so like we can get some more video content going. Uh, please interact with us on Twitter. Interact. Join the Discord. The Discord is in the show notes. 
Um, so join the Discord. There's been a lot of chatter going on there. That's a little bit more instantaneous than Facebook for the conversations. So if you're looking for something a little bit quicker, but if you also just want to post a link or post a trailer, that's where like Facebook is coming and super handy there. Um, if Feel free to vent in the Facebook group as well if it's just something's going on and you just want somebody just to listen to you. Um, well, our group will do that too. I just want places that you guys feel comfortable going in, in the midst of all the craziness in, in our society right now. And I, I just want DDG to be a, a welcoming community of if you just want to play games, if you just want to jump in a Discord and chat, if you just want to uh, say something on Facebook and you know have a couple people agree with you or comment with you or start a conversation, like that's that's what we're here for. And you're going to be stuck at home. There's going to be tense moments. You're going to be trying to go to the store and get toilet paper or get water or whatever it please feel free to to use our community as a sounding board and, and i'm sure that somebody's going through the same thing you're going through um and then i'm saying it just to say it, it, it we have patreon if you're if you're able to support us please support us please do not support us if it's the makes if it's the difference between you you know making rent or not making rent like don't do that like we we don't we don't need your dollar that bad we appreciate everyone's dollar but I don't want this to be the difference between you making a bill or not making a bill. Like we're going to be able to produce the content. We're going to be okay. Um, but I don't want you guys to feel obligated at all. There are perks to it. You get access to discord. If at the $3 tier, you get the podcast early at the $5 tier, and then you get bonus content at the $7 tier. Um, and if you're able to support us, great. And if you're not like, that's fine. If you just can do the dollar tip, you pay for in all seriousness, the $1 a month pays for us to, uh, our podcasting hosting fees for for a month. So, we've many of you have done the Patreon support. Tons of you have done the uh, the Twitch support uh, with your Twitch uh, subscriptions, and that's and that's much appreciated. Um, the content, even if we're not producing the content on Twitch on a regular basis, you guys have still continued to to resub. So many of you guys on four months, which is as long as we've been around for. It's just it's it's amazing, and 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 it's always appreciated. So, got anything else, bud? Uh, no, just don't be a dick. Be nice to retail workers. Wash your hands. Alright, I hope everyone has a great week. We will talk to you later. Keep moving forward and wash your hands. See ya.